Welcome back to a Bite of D&D podcast. Uh, this is a special episode where we're going to do a roundtable discussion of orcs. We just want to start doing this as a... Well, a regular episode. Yeah, just a regular episode. And the more we started looking into it and what all we wanted to talk about about these particular monsters, the more we realized this, this, is, this is a lot of content. So we grabbed our good buddy Sam, and so Micah and Sam and I are going to dive right in and just give a general discussion about orcs as NPCs, orcs as players, just the different flavors of the orc, the orc society, the different orc variations that you can find within the monster manual, and how you can use these iterations of this monster to improve your game throughout the levels and tiers of play. So Sam, when we're talking about orcs, what what comes to your mind? What how do you how would you describe an orc? <laughs> Hi guys. It's me, Sam. So when I think about orcs, like generally as a player, they're always sort of I always think about like first level, second level cannon fodder. Yeah. I mean that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about orcs is just kind of helms deep. Yeah. Lots and lots of them. Just sort of cutting through swaths of these big kind of hulking creatures, but they're but they're basically there to soak up your axe. So as a player, that's kind of the thing I think of. That's sort of the, the most imminent threat in a low fantasy medieval setting Yeah, is basically you start with rats in the tavern uh, <laughs> and then maybe some bandits and then it's orcs. Right. You know, yeah. they're that first sort of tribal, uh, non-city, once you're kind of in the wilderness, orcs. Yeah. That's sort of the first thing. As a dungeon master, I try to do the opposite of that. Like, I try really <laughs> hard to subvert the tropes, but they're still kind of in my mind, they're still kind of that wild tribal, you know, very common, but still a threat. Yeah, I see them a lot as my player's first opportunity to get maybe armor. You oh, know? sure. Especially yeah, sure, in right, right. you know earlier editions or Pathfinder or whatnot when you have the different sizes of armor. Goblins yeah. weren't going to cut it for a party of medium-sized people. Sure. So orcs were that opportunity where players could get their chainmail or their longsword or their whatever for the first time without having to pay for it. And I'm kind of in Sam's camp, at least as far as when it comes to how I view them as a DM, because I think in almost all of my games I've tried to completely avoid using these. The one thing I have used them in, which I stole from Nerdarchy, was when I ran a Spelljammer-esque game, because I love their ideas of how orcs might achieve space travel. And it was, again, a classic enemy, but in a different setting, it felt different enough that it was good. I, I actually use them a lot. I just try really hard to make them non-generic. So, <laughs> What is a generic, I mean, you maybe, maybe flesh, started, started to flesh out this idea, but what is a type of orc that you hate? What's that generic orc that you just can't stand? Uh, uh, green tusks talks me talks like me me kill you like that's that generic orc yeah yeah i and guess you... i guess it would be wow orcs but like i'm trying to think about like a really just generic D orc in my campaign i think most the generic orcs are i don't i don't think you have to think about them that hard i think people just say it's an orc and they assume people know exactly what it is they yeah. don't go into what it is yeah, they're, but just, they're like, just it's like, an orc we treat them like just dumb humans yeah Dumb, strong humans. Yeah. And I think that's selling the orc short. I think so, too. I think that's why we're here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think I think that they're a good creature for people who want to just not really have to think about a session or sure. think about an encounter. Yeah. Not, not to say that every time you use an orc, you're, you're trying to get away with murder here. But I think a lot of times it's just easy to be like, well, the players 
I'm sure they wouldn't mind fighting orcs. Mm -hmm. And they seem like somewhat of a threat. You know, like you said, if they've just killed rats and things like that, they might be tired of these little piddly things. Like, well, I could throw some orcs their way. And I don't have to really worry about a whole bunch of treasure or a whole bunch of politics or a whole bunch of RP. I can just make orcs raiding a caravan or a small village and the players know what's up. They know who the enemy is. They know how the orcs are going to respond, yeah. and we can have a fun little fight, and there's zero consequences. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. But if you want to make orcs better, yeah, where do you start? Well, I think Volo's Guide, for one, if you're just going from the books and you're not pulling from outside sources for inspiration, I think Volo's Guide goes a long way to making them at least more interesting. They go into some of their gods, what the different ones worship, and how that affects them. You've got a few plague orcs, got some assassin orcs, which are viewed as lesser compared to everything else. And then uh, I think the other guys are, are pretty straight war orcs. Yeah, you got that, like, but... the Tedaruk, the demon orc, half demon, half orc thing. But yeah, uh, Volos does a good job because that this is one of those monsters that Volos really dives into and says, you know, what is an orc layer? look like or a stronghold what kind of loot does an orc stronghold have oh that's cool. uh what areas what types of what does an orc community look like so i think volos does a good job of starting this discussion and i think that volos does an adequate if not efficient job of getting your orcs interesting through the lower levels okay. in certain respects if you want them to have a society and things like that and elements for the players to pick up on Orc, the, the Volo's Guide orcs can do that for you. What the Volo's Guide doesn't do is take them any farther than that. Okay. Oh, here's an isolated tribe with a chieftain and a few people, and, you know, a low-level party can clear this out. That's kind of what Volo's Guide starts at, which is nice, but but I think that, yeah. I, I Well, I started as a person who viewed orcs in the, the Tolkien fashion, like you said, Sam. Sure. Right? The masses... And I still think that that's cool. I like that idea. And a lot of times when I'm building armies within my world setting, one of my go-tos is, you know, an orc army is cool. Mm -hmm. Like, it has this imposing feel to it. Can Uh, your orcs travel in the daytime? Yeah. Okay. So they're like Urukai. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what, those are my orcs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say that as a latecomer to the Warcraft scene, Mm -hmm. I really did like how they reimagined them and brought them more into the fold of a general fantasy race yeah as opposed to just another monster to kill Mm -hmm. well i mean the 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 warcraft is fun because they were like super peaceful until the demons came along right and basically like talked them into corrupting themselves and then they were evil and then a few orcs broke that and then kind of became part of the pantheon of humanoid races yeah yeah i uh so, so I guess after having been in WoW for a, a short period of time, yeah. what I see is that when I look at orcs now, when I'm building a campaign setting, or even when I'm just crafting an adventure, it's I'm I'm looking for different ways to to bring about new types of orcs. You know, when you've when you've seen an orc paladin, in in yeah. WoW, yeah. you kind of have some of those. You know, you've seen an orc in plate mail. You've seen an yeah. orc that heals or whatever, like. So you start to think about, how can my orcs be different? Well, and I think the biggest thing I like out of that is having orcs with some intelligence. I mean, when your basic orc from the monster manual is like seven intellect, they're almost all negative modifiers with a few very rare exceptions with like your chiefs 
and the Orog that they have. I like seeing orcs in a, a more civilized, intellectual place where they can engineer these cool war machines and siege engines and they can still be warlike and they can still be dangerous but they're not just stupid meatheads is there a place in your campaign for a good orc i think there is plenty of places in my campaign for good half orcs and i think on a very very almost never occasion (laughs) i might have a good orc so you would have a dritz duorden orc Bah. <laughs> that is a Mary. That is a Mary Sue orc. Do do you or do you have room in yeah. your campaign for good uh, orcs? In my most recent campaign settings, orcs were not only a race that could be good, but they were a race that could be played. Uh, oh, playable. So, it, and, and a playable race to me is a race that can fluctuate between all spectrums yeah, of the alignment right. chart. Yeah. And so there are elements of them that I like to keep a hold of. I think that the militant aspect of orc society is something that I like to hold on to. Mm-hmm. But with me, there can be an honor or a, a a noble aspect to that side of things. There can be, like, like I said, a more intelligent way of going about that. And that's where, uh, in my most recent one, I, I really got to kind of have the orcs that I've always liked, which are these really smart, really, like, they're the ones with the standing army that is the envy of all the other civilized nations, right? Mm-hmm. Because you got the masses, but these masses are armored and well-trained oh, and wow. mounted, and, you know... It's, well, and in that yeah. campaign, you also had this cool crystal magic evolution thing going on, and they had these really cool forms and traits that got brought out because of their warlike behavior kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a good orc in any of my campaigns. Really? Yeah, and I don't know if I would. Really? Yeah, I mean, I feel like at that point... Are you, you an just orc use... No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like at some point, you maybe just use a different race. Really, and that's just me. So, I mean, obviously, you can do that's, whatever. You that's want. really interesting. But like, orcs, orcs to me, like one of the one of the key characteristics of an orc is that they are is that they're evil. Hmm. Right. I like. I, I like. I like this. Keep just talking. like one of the key characteristics of goblins is that they're always chaotic. Hmm. Like I would never. I would never allow a lawful goblin any more than I would allow a good orc. Hmm. They kind of personify that part of the alignment spectrum. I think the main reason I don't like having good orcs, and part of it comes from, even though I like the idea of having the the Warcraft-esque orcs and things in my game, I don't like it in that I want them to be intelligent, but I don't want them to be good. I want them to still be the staple bad guy. And I feel like when you're looking at a D&D setting and you're trying to play with a monstrous race or something within a normal party you have to really shoehorn and force it in with a really obnoxiously contrived backstory. What do you mean as a PC? As a PC or just as a good NPC. Like the backstory you have to try and force to make it work in that setting, I do not like. And I I, I never enjoy seeing those because they're so contrived. I don't allow, really allow monstrous races as PCs. I don't allow evil characters as PCs. It just saves so much time Hmm. and so much frustration. I just mean even in a campaign world. Like I don't like I don't see a good orc. Well, let me let me let me. The only good orc is a dead orc. Mm. Okay. All right. <laughs> I see. I see where you're at now. Uh, so so let me let me turn this on its head a little bit and say, are there any races on the opposite end of that spectrum? Oh, there can only be good. Only be good or only be lawful. Let me think about that. So none Lots. of so I I I do feel like 
of the PC races, they should always be able to be any alignment. Yeah. Except, of course, I don't allow evil PCs. Sure. I'm trying to run through, like, the humanoid races and think of one that's always good or always lawful. Slightly off topic, but yeah. I'm curious. You don't allow evil PCs. Do you allow chaotic neutral? Yeah. <laughs> See, I think you're going to have everyone hate you now. What's that? <laughs> I think chaotic neutral is the, the beating stick of all the the alignments, but... I don't know why. Uh, I think players... I, I I don't know why either. Honestly, I don't yeah. personally care. I think I'm mostly on your side on I, that. I, 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 the chaotic neutral player is somebody who... Does whatever they want and they don't care and that's their excuse for it and they use their alignment as an excuse to do... What they will. What they will. But, but at the risk of sounding super condescending, you are relative babes in the world of, of tabletop <laughs> role-playing games. I have constructed my life in such a way that I don't have to play with people like that. <laughs> so if somebody goes, no, 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 but according to the rules, I can be a dick and get away with it, I say, no, you can't. That's not That's not what we're here to do. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so yeah, that's I, fair. according yeah. to the rules of life, uh, you're the worst. Yeah, right, like if you're the DM, you're the DM. And, 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 and like, that's not to say that you have to rule with an iron fist, but that's to say that, like, it's your job to make sure that everybody... Well, now we're going to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I knew, I, I knew I was going to do it. Tell me more of your table dictatorship, Sam. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. What were we talking about with orcs? Uh, I think we were talking about... Uh, the, we were talking about... And would a good what? race ever... Yeah. Oh, sure. Is there yeah. any race that can only be good? So I have a question. Yeah. And this could be as short as long as you want it to be. What, what are the non-negotiable characteristics about orcs for you? Warlike. Warlike. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Strong. Yeah. I, I think warlike, strong, with very few opportunities for them to be casters. I don't yeah. oh, I don't sure. I don't want them to be dumb, like I said. I prefer a more intelligent orc, but I'm not talking like a an eighteen, a twenty master wizard, master yeah. of the arcane orc. So I like the idea of them having shamans, things that maybe wouldn't be accessible to a PC. Yeah. I like the idea of classes essentially that are NPC exclusive right. because it fits in with the tribal theme. Yeah. And the only other description that I would add that I feel like is a must to some extent for me is harsh. Yeah. Right. 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 Like I feel like that's where why why I allow good orcs is because to me I could still have that harsh aspect and it could be a good aligned race and that to me is enough. It's not necessarily because when I think about evil I think about like and and there is definitely a room for that but I think that that's describing a creature that lives to ruin others' lives to a large extent, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, that's not a necessity for, you know, a, a race of several million creatures to say that they all live for the ruin of others. I like the idea, though, that they live a harsh existence and, and they own that characteristic. Yeah. So. To, to speak to the intelligence, if, if I think if I wanted, like, a hulking, strong, and, like, smart, cunning monstrous race, I would just use Hobgoblin. Really? So I'm 100% with you on, like, the tribal, like, the shamans and the sort of more, like, or, I don't know, earthy kind of. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I I, That's really I just cool. want them to be a little bit more down-to-earth. Sure. I just don't think there's a place in my world for high magic orcs. Yeah. So. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the mind of an orc. Sure. So we've, we've kind of already delved into, like, orc society and what we like about it and what we like to pull from. Um, so there's a couple aspects that I think we could we could still cover in that. First off, let's talk about the actual playable race 
that the player's handbook offers, which is the half orc. So, how so, do you feel about half orcs? I am, I'm okay with half orcs. Mm-hmm. I tend to think that their background comes from violence. Mm-hmm. Which I know you said maybe in some of the source books that's not the case. Yeah, uh, they the source books claim, and of course you could flavor it however you want for your own world, but yeah. the source book claims that half orcs don't come about by happenstance. Orcs don't breed with other races willy-nilly. They, they... Willy, Will, Willy, really? Well, you know, G-Willers, that was a weird phrase to use. They breed to enhance their race. Yeah. They breed because they see something in this other creature that they feel like would be valuable to their society. And so a lot of half-orcs, the, the handbooks maintain, are chieftains and warlords and these, these leaders of orc tribes because they were, like Micah said, you don't, you know, a lot of times think about an intelligent orc. That's where these half-orcs come in and orcs know that they're not intelligent or as intelligent as others. So they use these other races to bring about traits that they want in theirs. And that the opposite spectrum would be like the, what is it, the Ogrelon, mm-hmm. which is the sure. half-orc, half-ogre, where they want they want that size increase. Yeah, I mean, that's a really fascinating idea that orcs are doing genetics yes. well, uh, I, to improve their race. That's a, that's, I, yeah, I and, hadn't heard that. And because of that concept, I think what I wish there was more of for the half-orcs are, like, sub-race options, which that would kind of open its own whole can of worms because it'd be so difficult to, to balance uh, into that. But, I like, I think if I introduced that, it would be an NPC-only sort of thing because trying to make that available for players would be intimidating would yeah that'd be a big project um, uh 3.5 has dwarken which i believe are half dwarf half orcs but i'm hmm. not sure i think it's probably a splat book someplace i feel like that's close to like turduckens are you sure there's not a third race mixed in there too where they're like <laughs> no i'm pretty dwarken. sure it's dwarken. I mean, I, yeah. yeah uh no i like that but I'm okay with half works. I tend to. I'm gonna have to think about what you've said, and I guess I should probably just read the handbook. Player is this the player's handbook. I believe that's where that was. If not as well as, but I generally treat half works like a cast off race. Like I think of them yeah. as like, you know, they're the result of the the unfortunate aspects of war, and humans don't like them because they look like ugly humans, and orcs don't like them because they look like ugly orcs, and <laughs> you know they're kind of confined to the to the yeah. outskirts of society. You're telling um, me there's a beautiful orc. What's that? You're telling me so there's a beautiful orc. could be beautiful, orc. just not good. Two it's orcs. Like, oh, okay. Well, there okay. You go. <laughs> yeah, the point is two orcs, they, they look very, they look beautiful. Yeah, they're not, they're not scarred. It's and, like dwarven and women enough. and their luscious beards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'll have to think about that, because then that kind of puts a little more of a gap between like half-elves and half-orcs. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that it's important. I like I like the idea of half-orcs because it is meeting those players who want to play an orc or want to play more of an evil slanted race halfway by right. that's why i feel like that's why they're in there why they're in the handbooks at this point is because they know there are players that want that but i like that there it's more than just meeting them halfway but that it, this this idea of a society built around an inclusion of a half orc can make them more than just the outcast and you can take it or leave it in your own world but like i think that's an interesting enough concept to get you starting to think about how are these half-breeds viewed in my setting. And it doesn't have to be an outcast if you don't want it to be. I mean, one of the things I was thinking of for this kind of discussion was I would really like to see, and maybe I'll put it in one of my games, but I would like to see a kind of seafaring subsection of orcs that have at some point bred with tritons. And so you've got this 
half triton, half orc seafaring. Chicken of the sea, folk. if you will. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. I like the idea of having um, some orc pirates or sailors or yeah. something. Uh, maybe a little bit more neutral since, I mean, tritons are generally lawful good. Mm. Uh, maybe that evens out their temperance a little bit. Well, so the other part of this um, that, uh, and one of the, aside from the fact that we just like having him on, Sam has <laughs> some, I would say some fun insight into parts of uh, orc culture based on some, largely the thoughts of others, but right. he got to be the voice to those thoughts. And yeah. So, Go ahead and tell us about that. Uh, so there's a the the OSR, which is the old school Renaissance, which is a movement primarily on Google Plus anymore. Yeah. It, it, blogs and Google Plus, which is kind of a bunch of old people who played first edition, second edition, and who kind of like resurrected not only those rule sets but also those play styles. Okay, so lots and lots of people for quite some time wrote lots and lots of blog posts about lots and lots of subjects. Some of it is really fun and some of it's mostly navel-gazing. But I got involved with a project that is trying to like record some of these blog posts so that people can listen to them like on a drive. Mm. Or if it's something that you're interested in, like, like kind of cherry-picking the good stuff and then reading it so that you can listen to it on your drive, kind of like Bite of D&D. Sweet. So they decided to call it Blogs on Tape. Mm-hmm. And I lended my sultry yeah. pipes, <laughs> my vocal talent, my limited vocal talents to reading some of these. And a couple of the first blog posts I read were um, Goblin Punch is the name of the of the yep. site. He does a lot of talk about like culture, completely devoid of mechanics. So no really mm. rules at all, but just culture about orcs and orc gods and how orcs are really what afraid of their gods and they yeah. make blood sacrifices. And sort of the whole culture of orcs is built up around this idea of indebtedness. Yeah. Um, There's some really good stuff in there. I, I we'll we'll post it in the show notes. Good, yeah. But um, we'll post maybe links to both the podcast where you can go and listen to all of it, but also the original post so that you can go dive in. But I found uh, Sam kind of pointed me there, and I found yeah that he had some really good insights, especially about uh, orcs and religion, right? That allowed orcs to be still have all the gruff, harsh, evil aspects of the typical generic orc. But by giving them a depth of religion and and some other elements of society, I feel like he kind of pulls them out of that gutter a little bit. Well, yeah, because one of the the points he made that I thought was fascinating was to the orcs, they are both the good guys and the like. They're they're the good guys, and at the same time, they're the bad guys because everything is worthless. And they're there to help show everyone that everything is worthless and to prevent the complete destruction of the world by people not realizing their worthlessness, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah he, they talk about the orcs being both the shepherd, who and has the sheep. sheep, cull the sheep, and also the sheep themselves, yeah. which I thought was cool. But the idea, yeah, that the orcs see the gods as these cruel lovers of misfortune beings who... If the races of the world ever became peaceful, they would grow tired of them and destroy them. So the orcs see them themselves as, in a sense, crusaders against the gods to keep the gods entertained by war and strife and chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, again, that's cool. It gives them a reason to be evil, other than just I like being evil. Yeah, they're the sort of they're sort of the opposite of the idea of the human paladin. Yes, right. They exactly. are constantly seeking order, and the and the orcs are constantly striving for chaos. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, but I, I like those those blog posts in particular are really good. 
because they sort of they they keep the orcs evil, but they lend a certain sympathetic. Yeah, they even go into orcs how they show their love to right. each other, right. which was interesting. Yeah, there's a fun little passage in there where like you know they like only the bravest orc will whisper "I love you" to his lover at night because the gods can't hear him then or something. I, yeah. It's been a while since I read him, but but yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's good stuff. That's that's a good place to start if you're gonna even if you're gonna play a half orc. To kind of get into the mind, or if you're if you're writing an adventure that contains orcs, this is a good place to start to get into that mindset and to just not make them the the brutes that we talked about at the beginning. Well, and it was a completely different take on orcs that I hadn't seen or read in some other, whether it be novel or game or whatever setting. It was I felt a very unique take on them that was still very true to their roots well there was one element to harken back to your love of shamans um, there's an element in there where they talk about what an orc holy man looks like that was, they yeah. talk about was, him yep. crawling around on all fours in a battlefield and reading like as an oracle would the entra- yeah. spilled entrails of the fallen and how they they cut and mutilate their own bodies to detach themselves more fully from the world, and that then those those unhealing cuts then speak as oh. lips the prophecies of the deities. Like there's some really crazy stuff in there that is he he did some thinking to get all that out. I think, or some drugs. <laughs> I think that you could probably make an entirely new campaign. Out of every single blog post that Arnold Kemp has ever done. Yeah. So, yeah. If you want some inspiration, just go there, uh, pick a blog post at random, and go through it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, let let's let, let me allow me then to talk about how I use orcs in my campaign. Oh, absolutely. Is that okay? Yes. Go for it. I'm a big fan. I know I've told you guys this before, but I'm a big fan of tables and rolling on tables. Hmm. Um, because it helps me. Because I'm not a terribly creative person. Because you're part the of the OSR, is really well, nice. yeah. Because I'm, I'm an old man, but also because like I'm not like I'm not terribly creative from whole cloth. I like to look at pat like try to find patterns and things, and then make connections. Gosh, I'm making less sense now. You a mathematician? Yeah, by right. Any chance? Yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm a math teacher, so you guys can understand why. So what I do is, and this is what I did, Zach, in the campaign that you played in, yep. or you are playing in. I have. Each tribe, each area, orcs are slightly different. All the orcs are evil, all the orcs are strong, all the orcs are green, whatever, right? But for each tribe, then, I have a set of tables, and I basically, like, roll up that tribe either before the party gets to them or in play. And so I have, like, the chieftain and, like, like a like a table for, like, what the chieftain is like. And then I have a table for, like, what the orc, sort of what their personality as a tribe is like. Hmm. And then a table for what their shaman is like. And so that, like, is really nice because what I can do is I can just roll on this table and have, like, I don't know, like 10,000 possibilities, yeah. right? Roll on the table and then kind of put all that stuff together to flavor this particular tribe of orc. Mm. All orcs are the same, but then, like, locally, the orcs kind of are a little bit different. They have different, slight different motivations or yeah. a focus on a different... Right. Goal or achievement. Yeah, so like, you know, the the leader, I don't know, I don't I, I, I made up a new table over lunch and then I left it in my car. <laughs> but like, you know, the leader, the, the chieftain is a lycanthrope. The chieftain is a young orc who is a prodigy at war. The chieftain is like an old crone. The chieftain is actually a human in orc clothes. Like, mm. however gonzo, like however wacky you want to be, like you can be, take it really seriously or you can be kind of wacky and then like what their what their banner looks like, who their shaman is. And for me, that's really nice because, first of all, it takes some of the, like, repetitive stuff 
because I tend to do this, we all tend as DMs to do the same thing over right. and over again. It takes that out, gives you lots of possibilities, and it also lets you kind of do it as you go. Mm. So that's how I like to do wars. Cool. So like, I don't remember, I didn't, you probably don't remember this, but there was like the red, the like the red hand clan yes. and the falcon clan, and they were all yeah. kind of warring and stuff. That's all random. I mean, that all came off the table. Yeah. And then I was able to like, kind of drill in on just that particular tribe, and you can kind of make connections and find patterns and stuff in them. So I don't know. That's how I do works in my I like, campaigns. I like that. Yeah. Even just, I think I think that it makes sense to some extent, especially if you're going to have the tribes to have a table like that, because yeah. to sit down and say I'm going to make a dozen orc tribes is a task. It's an endeavor. Well, and like Sam said, whether you see it or not you're probably going to fall into your own sort of pattern yeah. and you're going to you by the time you get to the sixth one you're going to start repeating stuff in some small yeah. way when i was i since you guys have now posted i was listening to your podcast this morning on my drive mm. and you were talking about warforged and how just that decision of whether or not to include warforged what impact that has on your campaign these tables it's kind of the same thing what stuff I put in the tables is every single thing like a creepy, you know, is it is it more like horror? Is it body horror stuff? Because orcs you can do a ton of body horror oh, stuff. Yeah. Or is it more kind of gonzo and off the wall? Like does one of them have a mechanical arm? Like those decisions kind of help flavor and color the campaign while still keeping it fresh and keeping it random. Yeah. I like no, I like it. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what's what are your orcs flavored like in your current like what what do you what do you what did you do to make your orc unique on those tables what's a couple things did you go the gonzo route did you go the yeah i <laughs> i did both mm. um i remember that you know so, some of the some of the shamans were like a bunch of like adolescent females who were all mind linked they couldn't talk but they could all like cast stuff together yeah so that's a little more creepy kind of a little ooky spooky uh-huh um but then i remember i had one i had i actually had the uh human in orc clothing option it didn't get rolled but it's one that i really want to use at some point <laughs> that like, one might that one might get rolled at yeah some that point. one might get rolled at some point i remember one of the opportunities one of the possibilities for the players was uh that they could you guys never chase this down but you could uh you could like challenge the leader to be the chieftain of that tribe, mm. and then what was another one? Oh, some of those orcs were vampiric. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like if like a reduced blood sucking gain health mechanic. Yep. Have you um, seen orc teeth? I don't know how reduced that would be. That's just gushing <laughs> everywhere run up at to that you. point. Yeah, they'd have to bite you upwards. <laughs> but yeah, that's all stuff that was on the table. So I can I can look those up and shoot them over to you. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd like to take a look at it. Um, that kind of leads into, so that diversity of orcs kind of leads into the next thing, which is talking about extending the life of the monster. Because if all you're ever going to do is have the generic hide armor, chainmail, orc with the yeah, axe and scimitar the or whatever, scimitar, yeah. it gets old fast and it also gets, they out-level that fast. Unless you're really good, really great at handling mass combat before the party hits fifth level, They've kind of gone past what an orc can offer, at least the generic orc, and yeah. so they're the highest CR orc that they have printed is the the half demon, half orc thing. Is that this guy? That's that guy. You're looking yeah, at him right the, there. The Faruk. That looks like a Balrog. Yes, he's like a mini Balrog. That's a good way of putting him. And unlike other half orcs, <laughs> the others, I as I understand them, are hated creatures even even the orcs are terrified of them and keep them chained up and locked away as much as possible until it's time to unleash them on an enemy but 
if it's not one that they desired, like if it gets out and it starts breeding, they will put down any baby Toruk. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, no. but any any future baby born that way, they will put down. It is in a rare case that they would want to have it, and they don't even like having it around when they want to have it. Right. So so my main issue, and we started at this discussion a little bit at the beginning, but my main issue is that to me, and it sounds like to all of us. We love, all of our worlds have orcs. All of us see orcs as being somewhat diverse. They're not as bland as like a, maybe like a hill giant or a troll would be where there's not a whole lot of variety within those types of monsters. The orc we see as being able to have a shaman, be able to have a war chief, those types of things. And there's something that I think we, we see to be a consistent threat. And so one of the issues that I've struggled with coming up with a good answer to that is how how do i make an orc a real threat at for a 10th level party yeah because i just feel that or a a, a race that revolves around war the way they do it's weird that they haven't advanced past a second level threat i mean if they're as dangerous and as warlike and as savage as they're described i feel like we should do something to bring them up well, and I'll tie in a little bit of the Forgotten Realms books. I mean, if you're a player that comes through that, which is, I mean, that's that's directly tied to D&D. There are orcs in those books who can stand toe-to-toe in a martial fight with the greatest heroes of the realms. Yeah. So the question becomes, you know, let's talk about those heroes, and I don't necessarily want that talk to be, well, just, you know, make it a play, make it a race and give them levels in a class. Right. That's possible. Sure. It's a lot of work. But it's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. So what do I want to do on the fly when I have a group, of, like you said, 10th level adventurers or 8th level adventurers, and I'm rolling on a random table, like you say, yeah. For uh, and I got I roll up a chieftain, how do I not, how do I do something other than hit pause and go build an 8th level character to, to pit against them? Yeah. Uh, because that's not, that's not adding flavor, that's adding work. <laughs> yeah, right. So my proposition would be, and maybe I think other people would say, well, just tweak their stats, sure. you know, raise their AC a little bit, yep. make, you know, add their, to hit a little bit higher, make them do a little bit more damage, give them a better weapon, that sort of thing, and just tweak, tweak the thing. And I think that that's reasonable to some extent, but I started looking at the back of the books, Folos and the Monster Manual. And looking at the NPC templates that they have in the back there. And I found that there are a lot of really good ones that you could just be like, I see that as an orc. Maybe give it a bite attack and you're good to go. I think I know what I would do. Tell and me. This is all come. this has all happened in the last 45 minutes while we've been on the air, as it were. Hmm. I am concocting a whole, a whole cosmology of orcs that will just breed with anything. Uh-huh. Um, and, and like... And, uh, and almost do this by design. Like I feel like like a giant, like a like a hill giant plus an orc has got to be something fantastic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I would have I would have this like Pokemon menagerie of orcs that are like half everything that have bred themselves into this. But but again, this is like a, this is an embryonic idea. But. 
but works beautifully with your table concept yeah, that you right? shared with us. Yeah, like, like a half... <laughs> if there's vampiric orcs, there's also half-giant orcs. I also get to think of fun names for all of them. This is a process I want to know as little as possible well, right. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, as soon as you start digging into it, it gets a little weird, but... Yeah, but Zach, sorry. What were you no, saying? No, 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 that's good. So, aside from the more obvious idea of making them half-giants... Right. <laughs> I think that you could start off with... Jorks. Thing. Giant orcs. Jorks. Jorks. Sorry. Uh, Do they also wear jean shorts? Uh-huh. Jorks yeah. and jorts? Jorks and jorts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can start off with a gladiator. An orc gladiator, CR5, right out the gate. You a little bite attack. That's all the flavor you have to do, and you're good to go. Um, you know, you could give them some of the, like, orcs have dark vision. Orcs have um, the aggressive trait. Almost all of them do. There's a lot of them that have the powerful build trait or the menacing trait. You can give them some of these racial traits mm-hmm. to kind of flavor them a little bit if you want. Yeah. And that might raise the CR slightly, but really those aren't game-breaking at all. You've got, you know, you could get an Orc Warlock, like an Orc Warlock of the Fiend for a seven, a CR 7 uh, that's, that's in the back of the book. Uh, an orc necromancer. We all ne- we've all seen one of those if you played WoW or something of that nature. Yeah, and uh, that's CR nine. And then all the way up, the 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 icing on the cake for me when I'm thinking about orcs, I'm thinking about okay, there are orcs. Even if you think that they are more barbaric, there are orcs that lead these huge armies. There are these orcs that pull the tribes together by sheer force of will and set this horde on a rampage against the good races or whatever. Yeah. And to me, I want to have a warlords, you know, those those orcs that are oh, the yeah. big boss, the mm-hmm. the ones that, at, towards the end of your campaign, right before you go fight a god, you go deal with the, these warlords, and you can get that at, all the way up to a CR-12 just by grabbing it out of the back of the book. And a CR-12 orc is, like, comparable to, like, a, a, a level 15 player. Mm-hmm. And once you are past that point, I think you really start to get into that, like, demigod yeah. aspect. So, do I need an orc higher than a level 15? I don't think so. And and a warlord, I can get all the way there without having to make a single thing on my own. I can if I want to, but if I'm in the middle of a session, I can get all the way to CR 12 really quickly without... Basically adding a template. Yeah. A light template, even. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't even really have to... Your uh, only your most experienced players are gonna, you know, get into the combat and start lo- looking around confused when the orc isn't using its aggressive right. attack. You know, like that's that's some high end meta that you know that all orcs have this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, I think you could run a warlord as is in the book and just describe it as an orc and be just fine. Yeah, which is which kind of leads back into sort of the meat of our discussion, which is make the culture interesting. Yeah. Like, make the the sociology or the psychology of this creature interesting, and then you can kind of do whatever you want. Because if this orc warlord acts like the orcs in your world, then nobody's going to notice that it's really just a reskinned yeah. warlord. Absolutely. Yeah. So as a dungeon master, like, your job is, part of your job is... Sell the culture. Yeah, sell the culture. And so then when people see this orc and they go, oh man, he's going to, like, he's really powerful and he's going to try to bite our heads off. Yes. Or whatever your orcs do. Right. Well, and hitting on that, I think that's just a good general tip for anything, not not just with your, your creatures or whatever, but oh, when yeah. you're designing your games, don't worry so much about the small details of all the storyline elements and how your character, because your, char- your players are going to destroy any plans you lay out. Uh, well before you ever get to them. But if you focus on your NPCs, how they react to things, 
on your different cities, on your, your set pieces, Tables. if you focus on those, <laughs> that's where all the memorable stuff is going to come from anyway. Yeah, baby. And if you have a good idea of how they play out, it doesn't matter if you get thrown into a situation that you weren't expecting because you already have planned out how these things behave. Yeah. So if you have a culture plan, it's easier for you to make stuff up on the fly and, and deal with situations you weren't expecting. Yeah. So to kind of round this off and, and, and wrap it up in a little way, my question would be, do you have, uh, and you've talked about your table Mm-hmm. for your clans and Micah you've talked about your spell jammer session and maybe it's an element of one of those that you want to bring up but is there I think that the best thing that the thing that players take away from or DMs take away from the table and that they remember are those really interesting moments you know you can you can lay out the best plans and design the coolest things but are there any moments actually at the table that revolving around orcs and or their society or just a, a, a player that played a half orc well or whatnot that really stands out to you as being like i really that that stuck with me as being a cool thing again i don't run i have not run a ton of orcs in my games until we started discussing this episode and really how we could expand on them because we do like them we just don't like the trope of them so i i haven't used them a ton again i stole this from nerdarchy quite some time ago uh when i was going through stuff but i really like the idea of if if they were to get to space how they would do it and how it's very crude fire belching hunks of iron that were basically scrapped together and that was one of the first moments when i was like oh an orc could be more interesting than yeah was that like kind of uh, like Warhammer? Sort sort of yeah. 40K. If you if, if you played Warhammer 40k, it, it's sort of like that. All I'm of their all, about that, yeah. all of their war machines and their their stuff are just these like scrap metal constructs, and it was kind of like that. Yeah. So yeah, I I really like that. In fact, War Machine 40k is a great example of a way you can do orcs, and w- even if you remove the sci-fi elements, how you could do siege engines and things like that and yeah. even a fantasy setting uh i think for me it would probably be that most recent campaign with the that we've played with the with the orcs with with the three sort of there were three warring tribes and they and i rolled them all up randomly and it was just fun like it was fun because the players had captured one orc from two different tribes yeah and the, them having you were there i think the having to sort of talk to these two different orcs that came from two different quote-unquote cultures and figure out like what is the reality of this situation because this one orc says that this thing is the truth, and this other orc says that this thing is the truth, and they both believe it, and they both, whatever, like, are telling the truth, but they're kind of coming from two different cultural places. And so, kind of making the players think about, like, what are your, you know, what is the, what is the culture of this orc saying about kind of how he views the world? Hmm. I think is probably the most memorable. That one, and then when those, when there was those kind of uh, freaky teenage orcs started summoning, like, a demon. Yeah. That freaked everybody out. Yeah. <laughs> They crawl around on all fours like the girl from uh, The Ring. Yeah. Yeah. I ran an adventure out of Tales from the Yawning Portal. I think it was called Forges of Fury. And it's a very cut and dry, basic adventure with with your orcs and your dragon at the end and that sort of thing. And that's what I wanted at the time was a very simple adventure. The beauty of it became, though, that I took this out as a pre-made module and I had put it into my campaign world where orcs can be a playable race. Oh. And I had a player that decided to roll up a new character at the start of that module. And he came to the table. I did not know beforehand 
that he came to the table with an orc, which I thought was great until I got into the middle of this module and they were encountering orcs. And so to me, it was really cool because in all of my prep and all this, you know, I had ideas about how they would deal with these orcs and and really how, how I could make these orcs, these more barbaric and more primitive and, you know, so that the players could could have a decent reason to fight them. They were more vicious and things like that. And then to have an orc player walk in and be like, oh, I can talk to them. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to, you know, how do I view these things? Yeah. Shook the initial part of that adventure completely off its rockers. <laughs> and to me, that was, that's what I wanted out of that campaign anyways, was to start to, to rethink certain aspects of different races and to have them approach in a different way. And that to me was a really cool moment where I had prepared in a dumb way for the thing that I was trying to avoid. I, I, I was preparing to do the thing that I did not want to do. And then a player walked in and gave me that flavor that I wanted in a different way. So that would be mine is like, that's, that's what I dig. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Anything else you guys want to yell at, um, yell about as far as this goes, I think we've covered it pretty well. Um, run the gambit as far as this goes. Um, I don't know when the next one of these will be. I think typically we try to keep it to the shorter segments, but if we find another race like this, we'll give Sam a holler and, uh, maybe we'll try to get four people in here next time and really just get a good discussion going. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, like I said, halfway through, we're going to post links to the blogs on tape. Yep. And we're going to post some links to the blogs that are taped. Awesome. So you guys should definitely check those out. You'll find some really good content there. Uh, the Goblin Punch has articles not just on orcs, but on all manner of fantasy creatures yep. and, and, and cultures. So Magic should, weapons. Yes. All kinds of good stuff. Right. There's yeah. a lot of great tables. Good alchemy. Uh, oh, yeah. Lots of good tables. <laughs> lots of good tables. So. so, yeah. Check out Blogs on Tape. And uh, if you want... You can also check me out on my podcast, yes. which is according to the technical rules. My friend Matt Hickman and I mostly just argue with each other about stuff that doesn't matter. So you can find that at according to the technical rules pretty much every place. Absolutely. So. Well, guess we'll see you guys later. See ya. Bye. Chomp, chomp!